0: Hey there everyone. Happy Friday. It is Denise. You are watching speak now pro wrestling December 2nd and we are here to chat WWE Smackdown and AEW Rampage. Now, if you're wondering What's up with Denise? Why does she look like a grandma today? It's a little chilly here in LA today. Uh, I know, a little chilly. Uh, So I'm unfortunately sporting my grandma look today. I I was getting ready to go on the air and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I literally look like someone's grandmother right now. I got the turtleneck, the pearls, the cardigan, uh, the whole setup here. Um, But anyways, it's a chill, super chill Friday night. I gotta tell you, I got some hot, I don't know if there are hot takes today, but I got a little bit of some frustrations. I'm going to air uh, today on the show because there are some things that I need to get off my chest here. Uh, but before I do, thank you guys so much. I know I wasn't here, you know, the last two weeks for the Friday show. Hey there. Okay. I do not know what happened. Um, is it a YouTube thing? Is it a me thing? Uh, I don't know what happened. Sorry, guys. My stream just crashed, but I'm back. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened. I just got kicked out and I was like, what? (laughs) What is happening? Okay, I'm back. I have no idea what that was. Apologies to everyone uh, who is watching the replay. And hopefully you guys couldn't hear me screaming uh, in the background. I hope no one heard me screaming because the thing just disappeared and I was like, oh my God, what the hell happened? So I was kind of having like a mini tiny Like portion of a heart attack. God, I literally said that I was going to air some grievances, get some things off my chest and the entire stream just like randomly crashes. And let me tell you, when you are doing a solo show, uh, it is terrifying when your internet can just go out randomly because it's like, uh, who are you going to lean on to help you run the show? Also, on top of that, I can't end the stream uh, if I'm not logged on. It will keep going. So uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Um, I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was StreamYard or uh, YouTube or what. And also thank you for everyone in the chat, <laughs> for everyone in the chat who heard. They didn't hear me screaming. I was yelling. I was my husband's in the uh, living room and I was like, "Turn off the internet! What are you doing? You better not be." on the internet, which he usually is on the internet while I'm streaming. It shouldn't be an issue, but you just never know. Anyways, it was chaotic here for like a good 30 seconds, but let's get uh, into the show guys. Ooh, I'm scared. Uh, Anyways, I was saying that uh, I wasn't here the last two weeks. uh, One, I was in uh, Newark for full gear the first week. And then after that I was on vacation, but I am back and I'm good to go. So it's kind of crazy because I hadn't seen SmackDown or rampage in two weeks, which you guys know, obviously I watch religiously because it's part of my job, but I didn't get to watch SmackDown or I think I watched like maybe 10 minutes of SmackDown. Um, when I was in Newark, but I didn't get to see very much. So I feel like I'm just like coming back and trying to figure out like, Okay, where are we at? What's new? What's been different since I last watched and here we are again. So there were some things that changed. Um, But for the most part, I would say I'm pretty much pretty much good to go here. Uh, So let's get into this guys. And I'm going to kick things off with Smackdown because Smackdown is legitimately uh, the meat of today's post show everyone. Uh, It's not the hot take portion. Although there is something that I I will give a really something about but uh, let's get into it though. We kicked it off with uh, Sammy and the bloodline and let's be real guys. Uh, Right now the bloodline in particular Sami Zayn is literally the uh the it, 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 they really are a big, big reason to tune into SmackDown because you just wanna see what the hell is gonna happen with the bloodline and Sami Zayn. The bloodline and Sami Zayn eh, feel they feel like the thing that you don't want to miss on Smackdown. Like I'm always like when I was missing the shows, I was so worried that something like great was going to happen because you know, their interactions have been really great. So that was for me. It, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like they need to be credited for a huge portion of what is bringing and drawing a lot of interest right now to Smackdown period. Um, and today one of the things that they kind of amped up a little bit, and we've been seeing this already, but obviously, since the events that unfolded at War Games, we've been seeing that the Usos are, uh, in particular, Jay Uso, starting to trust uh, Sami Zayn once again. However, today there were a couple of moments that kind of gave me like little mini panic attacks because I keep wondering, like, when is the moment that either Sammy's going to turn on the bloodline or the bloodline's going to turn on him because you know it's going to happen and they're doing a really good job of teasing you for those moments like when Sammy Zayn was on the microphone today and he was kind of talking about how the Usos um, you know defeated the New Day and how their their reign and their numbers are doing really great and then Jimmy just stops him and it's like no 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 Let's not do that. No, no, no. And when he said that, I thought, oh my God, he's going to get mad at Sami Zayn right now. What the hell is going to happen? But it ended up being him saying like, let's talk about you and let's talk about, you know, um, basically your commitment to the bloodline following war games. So we kind of got a little bit of that, which made me a little bit nervous, which I like though. I'm so happy that they're getting me, uh, to like, feel these emotions while I'm watching where I'm on the edge of my seat thinking, okay, any minute now, they're gonna give us a big sign that something's happening, or any minute now, this is where the turn's gonna happen. Which I don't think it's gonna happen right now. Uh, I still think that they have plenty of weeks down the line to do more with the bloodline and Sami Zayn. But um, later on in the night, we have a backstage segment where Sami Zayn's talking about going to get food, etc., and they're kind of there. Seem to be. Uh, a little bit of second guessing themselves, like Jey Uso is on board now, right? Like he's not as the, the he's not being grumpy the way that he was before. But uh, they make sure to send Solo Sikoa with Sami Zayn so he doesn't go off alone because they kind of don't really trust him. And then even Jimmy kind of looks at Jay and he's like, "Are are you cool? Like, did you ever confront Sami Zayn about him lying to you?" And he's like, "No, nah, man, we're good. You know, after War Games, we're good." So it is they're they're still making sure to really heavily imply that there is some uh, some trust issues still. While they may be uh, a little bit fooled, I still feel like this trust issues are still definitely there. So uh, I like that. We got a super chat from hunter tillman thank you so much to hunter tillman who's been sending in so much love here on this channel uh hunter tillman says uh i was gonna say say quote oh my gosh hunter Til- tillman says on a super chat uh happy friday denise you look gorgeous as always um what'd you think of tonight's episode of smackdown and rampage any favorite parts of both so just to highlight a little bit of um uh, once i go through everything i would say my favorite part of smackdown today was legitimately that main event. I cannot wait to talk about that main event, even though there was one thing that I didn't agree with. um, I did love the main event period. I thought the action was just, was just, you know, it's what you need. It's the kind of, to me, it's the kind of wrestling, the types of matches that I want to see more of on SmackDown. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. As for Rampage, ooh, I'm gonna save my thoughts for Rampage once I actually get to it because I don't think I really liked anything today so we'll talk about that. Uh, Thank you so much to Hunter Tillman for sending uh, this in and um, all right so let's go ahead and continue on from here. Let's get into uh, the match with Sheamus and Sami Zayn. So this was a really good way to kick off Smackdown. I thought this was a really really fun match. Um, This one was good because it kind of went a while too. I don't know how long, but it went a while. But what I liked about this is that the in-ring action was good, but a lot of what you've been seeing, obviously with the bloodline and Sammy, it's very storyline driven, even in their matches, everything is so storyline driven. And I've thought that this, match here had a really good balance of the in-ring action as well as the storytelling aspect of it where you kind of had in the end the Usos essentially help out Sami Zayn to actually get the victory over Sheamus and the other thing that I liked about this was that as a viewer here's the thing when I watch Sheamus wrestle and just speaking recently, even just recently where he's been, you know, beating the living crap out of his opponents. Every single time he gets those chops in on somebody, I'm always like, yes, give me more. Yes. Like keep freaking pounding. Turn his, turn his chest red. I don't care. Usually I have this like violent hunger need for violence. Right. Um, but with Sammy Zayn today, uh, when he was getting him with those chops, I was just kind of like, I felt sympathy instead of wanting to see Seamus hurt Sami Zayn I wanted Sami Zayn to not be in that predicament and I can't imagine feeling sympathy for anybody else other than Sami Zayn in this situation so it is kind of interesting to see like how much uh Sammy has really just been I don't know I don't know if the right word is like He's just lovable, you know, you know, like, he's just lovable. So anyways, that was one of the things that I was thinking about uh, during this match here, but this was a whole lot of fun. Uh, they had some great ways to counter one another. Um, there was some really good moments in there. Sammy hitting the Sunset Flip powerbomb, uh, going in for, uh, he got a near fall after that. Uh, Sammy hitting the white, no- excuse me, Sheamus hitting the white noise and then Sammy kicking out off of that. Sheamus doing the, uh, finally getting the chops in on him. Sammy hitting the thunder, uh, the blue thunder bomb. I mean, it was just a lot of good stuff here. So I would say this was a really strong opener for SmackDown. I love this. This was good. Um, All righty. And just the an FYI, guys, if you are here in the chat, please don't be shy. Send in your thoughts. Send in your comments. Uh, I don't bite. This is a very interactive stream. I love to hear what you guys had to say about the shows, about certain matches, etc. cetera. Uh, but let's get into Bray Wyatt. And here's the thing that I'm, I'm curious because I did miss the last two weeks, so I didn't get to see much. Obviously, everything was recapped for me today in regards of what's been going down with Allie Knight. But I'm curious to see how you guys are feeling feeling about Bray Wyatt, because a couple of weeks ago, I were I was getting some people kind of comp- not complaining, but kind of uh, saying that they were kind of a little bit bored with the same promos over and over from Bray Wyatt. And so I missed two weeks, I come back and we're back, we're still seeing the same promos that we were seeing before. Um, this one to me, I actually I liked it. I kind of thought it was funny. I, th- I thought it was kind of hilarious because Bray Wyatt comes out and he's starting to say how everybody is so spoiled that we're always so focused on technology and that everyone has manners, right? He says that everyone has manners and that we all forget that we're wild animals and that we're all afraid to be freaks because we're just trying to fit into society. And I'm thinking to myself, Does Bray Wyatt not log on to Twitter? Does Bray Wyatt not log on to Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or see any of these terrible comments that are online? Uh, (laughs) He's nuts if he thinks everybody has manners. He's crazy. But obviously we get what he was trying to say with, you know, people, I guess, uh, you know, have been criticizing. I mean, there's the whole argument of like, uh, I mean, it's a whole thing of people saying like, oh, this person's, you know, too soft or people aren't being honest. They're afraid to get canceled and this and that. So I feel like that was the perspective that Bray Wyatt was coming from. Um, so I like this promo. I liked what he had to say, even though I did think it was a little bit funny because you can make, you could kind of make fun of it. Um, but he basically says that he's not the one that hurt uh, Ally Knight. Ally Knight, who was attacked and is has his arm in a sling now. And he says, if it would have been him, we would have known because there would have been none of him left. Uh, Later on in the show, we do get an Uncle Howdy uh, vignette. And we've been getting pretty much the exact same vignettes nonstop. And they change, they tweak them here and there. But this one basically just says revel in what you are. And clearly, Bray Wyatt is trying to tell us to do the same. Um, All right, so let's see what people are saying uh, in regards to this. Uh, We got a super chat here from Hunter Tillman. Thank you so much to Hunter who says, was it just me or was this Buffalo crowd not really hyped tonight at SmackDown? Um, I thought they were hyped for some moments, but the one that I really noticed though, is during the main event was more so that they were distracted. It's not that they were not hyped because they were hyped for what was distracting them. And I guess someone on Twitter told me there was some players from the bills or something. Uh, and so the crowd was, uh, you know, they shifted their focus to that and they were definitely reacting to that, but that was very, very freaking noticeable because Uh, Ricochet and uh, Santos Escobar were going out there and really having a banger of a match. And I'm happy that this happened in the beginning and not towards the end when things even picked up more so. But even in the beginning, it was really good. And I was kind of irritated because everybody was looking that way. And it was kind of distracting to the point where I stopped watching the match to watch what the people were watching. So that was the only time that I really thought Oh, you know what? The crowd's not, you know, feeling this just yet. But they got into it afterwards, which, which definitely just calls to the good action that we were getting. Um, but thank you so much to Hunter Tillman for also setting in uh, this super chat here. Um, let's see what else we got. This is from Sam Fines, my good friend Sam, who says uh, in regards to Bray Wyatt, he says, "I like it. He's not the focus of the show main event, so he's a welcome addition uh, to the show." We got a comment here from Hari J. who says Bray Wyatt stuff is now boring. It's too much dragged out. Um, Fernando says I'm loving these promos from Bray. I'm very intrigued and I'm on the edge of my seat for what comes next. Um, Biatch B Tripping says I think they have a clear vision of where his character goes in 6 months to a year but as, but as a fan waiting for so long it's a tough pill to swallow but we want to see some action and I get what you mean cuz they may have like the long term vision already there but there's also all the details that have to come each and every single week and those things kind of seem like they may not be fully ironed out just yet cuz it kind of feels like we're in this holding pattern like we're we're in this holding phase right now where I feel like we're, they're holding off on Bray Wyatt. Like it's just stewing until it finally, you know, explodes, becomes something. Uh, so right now, like it's intriguing to listen to Bray Wyatt and intriguing to, to hear what he's going to say, but a lot of it is really the same thing, just a little bit of different words. So, so yeah, I think I want to see, so I'm ready for some new stuff. But like, like I said, I went two weeks without watching SmackDown. I come back and it's kind of the same thing with bray wyatt so i didn't really miss too much really um sam fine says i popped for the name biatch be tripping i did too but i was like denise you gotta be professional okay like you gotta be professional um but yeah i low-key popped for the name too. biatch be tripping that's a good name man uh, shout out to the Twitch, uh, to the Twitch peeps over here. I don't want to steal Twitch homies because that's Brian's thing. So I'm, I'll, I'll say peeps. I don't, I don't want to steal his thing, you know. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on from this, we got some stuff, some good, some pretty interesting stuff that we're going to talk about for the women's uh, portion of this. And the number one thing that we've been talking about in past shows about SmackDown, and in particular, the women's division, is that it does feel like it's slim pickings. It does feel like they need to bring more women, like they need to build up more women. Uh, We already talked about the fiasco that was Ronda Rousey and uh and Shotzi that unfortunately was did not get a great reception because it was not a good match, and that was unfortunate because you know Ronda Rousey, uh, as champion, she god how do i say this like we need more competitors for ronda rousey and even if she wasn't the champion even if it was somebody else we need more credible opponents um, for whoever is your champion and in this scenario it's ronda rousey and so that's kind of been like my kind of issue with the smackdown women's division is that they need to build up more names all right so we got emma versus shayna here today and this was um On Emma's side, they've been showing her relationship with Madcap Moss. Um, Cool. Gives both Emma and Madcap Moss a little extra something. Plus, they are apparent. I didn't know they were a real-life couple. Like, I found out a couple of weeks ago that they were an actual couple. I didn't know this. Uh, I'm not in the loop of who's dating who believe it or not it's not something that I tend to like look at Uh, I tend to find out very very last in line Um, but anyways so I like that they're doing it on camera though because it just gives them a little extra something you know that's nice Um, anyways but this match between Shayna and Emma this is really just Shayna working the left arm of Emma uh, and even though Emma tries her best to you know get one in on Shayna she locks in the tarantula but at one point she goes to the top rope Shayna kicks the rope drops her down to the mat and goes back in there, gets the Carafuda clutch, gets the win. And that was pretty much it. So the match itself was pretty straightforward with uh, Shayna getting a very uh, strong victory here. Um, But what we need to talk about is what happened afterwards because she continues to attack on Emma and instead Shotzi runs out. So Shotzi runs out and I feel bad, you know, going back to Hunter Tillman's uh, super chat, about the crowd tonight. I felt bad because when Shotzi came out, there was no reaction uh, whatsoever to Shotzi coming out here. So that was a little bit of a bummer there. Uh, So she runs down. And uh, tries to help out Emma. And at this point, Emma is pretty much outnumbered. So they're pretty much teasing a three-on-three uh, three because Raquel also runs out, too. Sorry, I almost forgot to mention Raquel runs out as well. Um, Raquel got somewhat of a reaction. Not too big of a reaction either. So it might have just been a crowd thing. Uh, but they finally run off Shayna. It was three uh, shots the Emma and Raquel basically running off Shayna. Um, that's kind of where we're at on all of that. And, uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's go into, um, we got some more women's stuff. We got the Lacey Evans video. So Lacey Evans, man, she's had an interesting return, uh, since coming back after she had a baby, um, the last couple of months for Lacey Evans, since her return have been a little bit, I don't know, I would say undecided feel like undecided is the right word to use here because if you guys remember she was going out there and she was doing these uh promos where she was talking about her her life and how hard it was and i was liking these i was a fan but then they kept going and they kept going and then so you're having, you know, her go out there. She's talking about her hard upbringing. And I remember one of the things that I was saying on the show was, I can't boo somebody who's had such a terrible, hard upbringing. Like, what? I can't boo her. But then she was, like, it kind of started off like she was going to be a baby face. And then they kind of turned her into a heel, off of that so it was really really strange right like you couldn't really decide like what was really happening with Lacey Evans and then even then so she comes back she's a heel but they don't really do much with her like there's not much to even say that happened after those promos and then we kind of just weren't seeing her for a bit and today they play this new video it looks like Lacey Evans is being repackaged once again, once again, they're trying something else with Lacey Evans. Oh, and on top of this, I should mention too, when it goes back to undecided, if you guys don't remember, she was being bounced around from roster to roster. (laughs) One week she was on Raw, the next it was SmackDown, the next it was Raw. Oh, she's back on SmackDown. That was obviously a couple months ago. But uh, so it's been very, like they don't, they haven't stuck to something with lacey evans and it's you know lazy lacey evans to me is somebody that i feel that they could package her up to be something really cool like to me they should probably do something like a you know a wonder woman type of character like given her background with the marines and just everything that she does i feel it's really easy to sell lacey evans but for some reason it just hasn't clicked it hasn't clicked so anyway so she's doing this um vignette and this is basically just her uh as a marine training uh they're just showing her training and this basically ends with the words the mission begins and basically saying that she kind of lost her way but she's a marine And she's going back to the basics. So she's kind of relying back on who she is at core, which is a Marine. Um, So yeah, so it's interesting to me. I feel like she's such an easy person where you could get behind her and get the people to get behind her, but it just hasn't happened. I want to see them really give Lacey Evans a go as a baby face. And I know she works really well. I know she's really easy to, to dislike because we were seeing that in the past with the Southern bell stuff that she was doing. That was really easy to dislike, but I feel if they actually, if they actually presented her as a powerful, type of woman i feel like i I could get behind that shit i could totally get behind that um so i would like to see them really give a go with lacey evans as a baby face um based off of this this i mean again she's a marine i feel like i can't boo her so to me right now she's somewhat of a baby face but this didn't really give me much to say oh she's a heel or she's a baby face you know um, but, yeah, they definitely need to stick to something uh, in regards to uh, Lacey Evans. A lot of people are just saying they don't know what to do with Lacey. And, uh, yeah, it's very true. It's very, very true. Uh, Layton Illustrious says, uh, just make her uh, Sonia from Mortal from Mortal Kombat. I don't know Sonia from Mortal Kombat, but it sounds cool. So I'll go with that. <laughs> um, based on you saying that, I feel like that's good. A uh, Twitch face four says it should make her smart, sexy and powerful, which she already has, you know, and it's like, come on. I feel like if you because of her background with the Marines, because of, you know, that hardship that she had, uh, she has a great look. You know, uh, I really do think that they can really do something with Lacey. It's just a matter of finding something that fits her and stick with it. <laughs> Stick with it. Um, consistency, y'all. Consistency. Um, I want to jump into uh, the next women's segment. So I'm going to skip Gunther and Kofi Kingston, and then I'll come back to that since we're already talking about the women. I might as well keep it there. Um. Damage control. We have damage control out there. Uh, Bailey's running her mouth ab- about Becky Lynch. The crowd starts cheering for Becky Lynch. She gets pissed and she tells the crowd to shut the hell up because Becky ain't even here. She's interrupted by Liv Morgan. And um, yeah, we had a lot of attacks today. A lot of attacks today. So uh, Liv Morgan comes out and she just, Liv Morgan for the last couple of weeks has been on this like, I don't know. She's had like a death wish because she's been just more violent and she's been, I was saying, edgy. This time she comes out and she doesn't care that it's three on one. So she goes, she runs right into damage control and she just starts fighting all these girls. And obviously she's outnumbered. So they get the best of Liv Morgan. And as she's basically getting her butt whooped by damage control, we get the return of tegan Knox, ladies and gentlemen tegan Knox is back uh i know there had been rumors and speculations that tegan Knox would be one of the people that triple h would be back as you all know he's been bringing uh back a lot of people we've been seeing uh you know hit row come back karen cross come back uh we just saw uh, uh sarah logan come back i mean there's a lot of different people that have been coming so um tegan Knox is here and, uh, you know, this is in regards to Tegan. First of all, let's talk about her look because she looks completely different, completely different. You know, she usually has like just a very, she had a kind of like a girl next door type of look, just the brown hair. And this time she came in and she's got very bright, big, colorful hair. I love it. I love that she brought uh, something new to the table. Uh, Even just changing your hairstyle to me is like something new. So I like that she came in here. Very bright, very colorful. Uh, I like that. I like that. So I think the presentation of her new. New look worked. I think it works for the most part. Um, In regards to uh, Tegan, though, I do want to say it, it, obviously, a lot of the time, so she was released back in twenty early 2021. And, or actually, no, she was released like late 2021. She was released in November of 2021. That's where she was released. And uh, I feel like we never really got to see her do much on the main roster, right? Because she's had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, and one of the most recent ones, she was out for several months, close to a year, uh, due to a torn ACL. And I know this is not her first torn ACL, so when she came back, it was like, Oh, good for her, she's finally gonna get her moment, she's finally gonna get her moment to shine. And you know, they started this thing with Tegan and Shotzi, and Then we just didn't get the rest of it. Then she was just released and that was just that. So I feel like we never really got to see Tegan really go on the main roster. So for me, and I'm sure for her, she's kind of finally feeling like she can finally show something of herself. So hopefully this, this period for Tegan Knox, this run, the second opportunity really goes well for her because I do think that she can add so much because that's the thing that I've been saying. We just need more women on the SmackDown women's division. And uh, Tegan Knox is obviously another woman, another competitor. And I think that they can definitely do something with her there. Um, and hopefully it works out for her. Honestly, you know, she's not even 30. She's 28 years old. Okay. So I feel like there's still a good opportunity there. Uh, hopefully she doesn't, you know, get any more injuries or anything like that, because that's obviously been like the thing that's kind of been, you know, kind of, taking up some of her time, right? So anyway, so Tegan Knox is back, ladies and gents. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Major Blood says, I've always liked Tegan Knox. It's just a shame her injuries prevented her from really showing what she can do. Yep, and this is completely true. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This is from Steven who says, Tegan coming back was random and the crowd did not react, and she was hardly even on the main roster before. Video packages would have helped get the casual fans familiar with her. This is true because I think, like, a lot of times, and we've seen this happen even with NXT people, is that a lot of times, just because we know them, or just because the internet community knows them, or whatever the case is, you got to understand that at these shows, you get a lot of casuals, you get a lot of people that maybe aren't always going online and seeing who's this person, who's that person, or maybe they watch NXT or they don't watch NXT, or maybe they don't watch NXT UK, or you know, all of those things. And I've been noticing that a lot where they bring certain people in and they don't really get the reaction that you might be expecting. And it may be a crowd thing or it may just be like a, you know, this person really wasn't that known. I don't really blame them for not having like a crazy reaction for Tegan because like we said, we didn't really get to see much of her. So you can't really expect the crowd to go nuts for somebody that you have rarely seen on your uh, television. So I don't really blame them for not... uh, you know, for not reacting that way, I feel like if anything, they should have agreed with you in terms of getting those video packages going or something just to give people a little bit of an idea of who, um, you know, who they should be. Um, All right. And Jeremy says, damn, Denise, he makes 30 sound like that's old. I'm 30. I'm 30. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. I don't want to bring it up. (laughs) All right. And I'm running out guys. I'm running out of time. My birthday's in what? December, January. Oh, it's like six months from now. My birthday's in six months from now. I'm halfway done with 30. Okay. I don't even want to think about it. I'm depressed. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, let's not bring it up guys. Let's not, why am I talking about it? Okay. Moving on. (sighs) I don't take aging very well. All right. uh, Let's get into, uh, let's rewind and go back to Gunther and Kofi Kingston. So um, Kofi Kingston has officially announced that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. We are like over, I think I put 56 or 57 days away from the Rumble. There's still two months guys and Kofi Kingston already announced himself as a participant in the Royal Rumble. This felt very random. I didn't, obviously I wanna see Kofi Kingston in the Rumble obviously, but I just felt like it was too soon or am I wrong here? I don't know. Is it too early? Cause I'm just not thinking right now about the Royal rumble. Like I still feel like it's months away, even though it's literally two months away. I don't know if it kind of felt like a little bit, just a tad bit early, but whatever. That's just me nitpicking. Um, Kofi Kingston officially announces he's in the rumble. Cool. And I'm going to probably wait like once we get closer, but in January In January, I'm going to start manifesting, all right, everyone? I'm going to start manifesting that they bring back that golden cage with the little balls inside. They have the little numbers um, because I really, really miss when they used to do the little thing. They used to spin the damn wheel. You used to go inside, get the ball, find out your number, and it was just extra fun, and I really, really hope that they bring it back, okay? Um, So in January, I'm gonna start manifesting this. And we got a bunch of people saying start manifesting now. Um, Yeah, I probably should start manifesting that. But that was great. I agree with everybody here who's saying that was great. I always talk about it because to me it was just so memorable. But um, anyways, Gunther versus Kofi Kingston, this was a really fun one too. Um, They had a lot of really good matches today on SmackDown. Gunther is pretty much literally about to take out Kofi Kingston when all of a sudden Braun's music hits. Braun Strowman comes out, and then he basically runs in there and attacks uh uh Giovanni Vinci and uh and Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser. And so they go at it on the outside. And this basically there was a moment where I thought, holy shit, what if Kofi Kingston actually defeats Gunther here? Because he uh He hits the SOS on Gunther and I'm thinking this is it, right? I'm like, Oh my God, this is it. What is going to happen? But it wasn't it. Uh, Gunther definitely kicked out of that. And then they had a little bit of more of a good back and forth between both guys and Gunther finally uh, wins. He does a new finisher, which is he's calling the last symphony and, uh, he gets the win. So this was good, guys. I thought the action was good, and I thought they did a good job of kind of tricking me when Braun Strowman came out, where I thought that, okay, he's definitely going to cost the match for Gunther right now. Uh, and I had a tiny moment of panic, which I really should enough, have, but clearly I'm just panicking left and right. Uh, but this was good stuff, and we'll talk more about Gunther later on. We got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says, it's hard to say considering that there are no premium live events until Royal Rumble. So might as well start now with entrance to the Rumble. Here's the thing though about me. uh, And I don't know how you guys feel. So let me know in the chat. I want to be surprised. I don't want to know like 20 of the participants heading into the Rumble. I kind of don't. I, I, I mean, like if that day, like if they do like a couple of guys where they're like, oh, you know, I want to, I'm okay with knowing maybe like five to 10 guys that are going to be in the rumble, but I don't like to know everybody that's going to be in the rumble where I don't want to go in there and be like, oh, I know that five spots are left because I don't know who five people, the five people that are, aren't in it. I'd like to know as little as possible heading into the rumble because even if it's, just whoever, even if I'm not that big of a fan, I'm still gonna react because the whole thing about the Rumble is you don't know who it's gonna be then when they come out and it's exciting. Even if you're not a big fan of the person, you're just like, oh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, music hits, whose music is this? Oh yeah, okay, it's this guy, woo. You know, it's just like, that's the excitement that the Royal Rumble brings. So to me, I don't wanna know, you know, like save it, you know, save it for me. But obviously we're gonna know because we always do, at least some people. But. The lesser known, the better, in my opinion. Uh, Thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson. And either way, even if I go in there knowing people, I still get excited, so, you know. Um, All right, but we got a bunch of people here saying that they agree um, with all of this uh, here too. I'm glad that you guys said that because it does make it just more, it's the element of surprise. That's why it's so exciting. It's the element of surprise. YT says, I hate when they tell you 27 names and then some of the announced people never enter or or they get attacked from behind and then, somebody else replaces them. I don't mind that too much because let's say it's somebody that you just know is not going to win the Rumble and you're like, oh, this guy's not going to win the Rumble. And then he comes down and gets attacked from behind by somebody else who might have a better shot. I'm okay with that. And also I do like like the nostalgia acts that come out. Like I do pop for those because that's, I I like a mixture in my Rumble. Like to me, I like to see obviously a group of guys that I legitimately think have a chance at winning. I want to see um, obviously you're going to see guys that are just, just there to basically make it fun. And I like to see those people that I'm like, oh my God, this person's in the rumble. What? Like, I didn't know this person was going to be in the rumble. Uh, you know, whether it be an NXT person or uh, a nostalgia, a nostalgia act, whoever, right. A legend, whatever. Um, I like to have a nice balance in terms of what you're actually getting to me more, but more, the more, the merrier. Um, all right. And uh, let's go ahead and continue on from here. Uh, let's get into um, quick. Let's talk about the Carry and Cross promo. Um, man, so he's just basically they do this uh, vignette where they have Scarlet doing these tarot cards and she is showing the cards of the people that she's already, de- they, that cross is already defeated. Uh, they show the sword for the sword for Drew McIntyre. And then uh, for Rey Mysterio, he's the upcoming opponent. So they just show, uh, I think they wrote the emperor and it's a picture of Rey Mysterio. I kind of like this. I like this. Harmless, cool, thumbs up. Let's talk about the finals of the World Cup. So unfortunately, I missed a lot of this tournament, but I'm glad I didn't miss this main event, guys. I'm really glad I didn't miss this main event because this was really good stuff. This is what I want to see more of on my SmackDown. I don't know why I'm calling it my SmackDown, but on SmackDown, on my television, when I tune in every Friday night, occasionally, <laughs> um, I want to see more of this. More of this with Santos Escobar and Ricochet in the finals here for the World Cup, with obviously the winner going on, not just getting the World Cup trophy, but also going on to um, face Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Okay damn, this was good. So this basically started off with Ricochet kind of being a little bit distracted by Legado del Fantasma because, you know, they were all on the outside. Um, they get involved and the referee catches this. So he basically kicks them out. So they're gone from this. And this is when the action really picks up. We see a lot of great stuff. We see an awesome dive from Santos Escobar to Ricochet, just like Perfect, man. They, they pl- replayed it a couple of times and every time it kind of got a little bit better and better, which was good. Um, I mentioned that the crowd did get a little bit distracted by something that was going on. And again, someone on Twitter said it was a player. Um, there was a moment where they both did a cr- double crossbody. They were both down on the mat. Um, there was a cool spot where uh, Ricochet runs from one side to the other side and lands on top of the barricade. He's like balancing himself on the barricade, which was really cool. And then it gets even better because then Santos joins him. And so they're both on the barricade and then Santos hits a hurricanrana off the barricade. So that was probably one of my favorite spots of the actual match. It was very, very cool. Uh, it's an area of the ring, uh, excuse me, an area of like the ring set up that you don't really get to see, uh, you don't really get to see used often. So I thought that was really good too. Um, Uh, Ricochet gets Santos Escobar with like a bunch of uh, strikes. He hits a moonsault. He goes for a shooting star press. Santos gets his knees up. And at that point, I'm thinking like, okay, I think I know where this is going. I was wrong. Uh, Ricochet finally hits some more strikes. And then afterwards, he hits the 630. And once he hit the 630, and I saw that Santos knees weren't up, I knew it. I knew that it was done. And uh, Ricochet wins this match. Now, I'm going to start off by saying that I thought this match was freaking great. Phenomenal. I already said that. With that being said, guys, I think Ricochet was the wrong guy to win this match. All right. I did not. I thought he did phenomenal. He was great. Awesome. I'm going to be looking forward to Ricochet and Gunther, but I do think he was the wrong guy to win this match. And the reason for that is, first of all, we've seen Gunther and Ricochet. We've seen Ricochet with the title. We've seen all of that. We're familiar with it. Um, We kind of know what we're going to get already a little bit, you know, from that, and unless they drastically change things we pretty much know what we're gonna get I think that it was the wrong move to have Santos Escobar lose this because obviously Legado del Fantasma is a new act to uh Smackdown a new act to the main to the main roster and this to me like I had been saying since like they first announced this tournament we were on here talking about predictions like Santos to me was the guy to win because it's like you finally get to propel somebody onto the next level like come on we need to you know, be be making more stars and whatnot. And Santos Escobar with Legado, I think is just such a cool presentation of the entire group. And so I feel this would have been more beneficial. This would have meant a lot more had Santos Escobar won. And I get it. I get some people are going to be like, oh, well, they don't want to do the heel on heel dynamic type of thing. I don't care. I really don't care. I don't think that would have been an issue for me. I think that would have been totally freaking fine. I don't care seeing the heel on heel dynamic with Gunther and Santos Escobar. I really think that could have been the. I think that should have been the way to go. Um, Ricochet did a phenomenal job, but again, seen it, been there, done that. Could have, would have, should have. Um, Santos Escobar should have won this match. Um, all right, let's see what people are saying. This is from Raphael, who says. Ricochet versus Santos Escobar. That was an awesome match. M. Duretz has agreed. I would have loved to see Santos win. Um, I completely agree. And uh, we got, let's see, this is from CRS Uno who says, I love that Ricochet is finally getting some time. That man is a beast and deserves to show it on the main roster. Um, We got Mr. G-Bot who says, I see why they didn't want heel versus heel, but personally, I would have wanted Santos to win as well. We got more people saying, uh, James Jones here says it would have been sweeter if it would have been Santos. The amount of people here that would have preferred Santos, and this is not a knock on Ricochet. Like I want to make sure that that is clear. It's not a knock on Ricochet whatsoever because the dude's freaking exciting and you know they're going to have a fun match but it's just would have been a bigger deal I think had Santos Escobar he would have gone in I think a lot more from it because he hasn't been in that spot yet so now it's for me I'm like where do you go with Santos from here and I feel I don't want to see Shade's of the exact same thing that happened to him on NXT. Because on NXT, he was doing a hell of a job, right? Like, he was doing a great job as Cruiserweight Champion. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's going to go on and, you know, uh, NXT North American title, then, uh, you know, maybe even NXT Champion, all of that, right? But it was like, he would climb, climb, climb. And then they'd keep him in that same spot, push him back down, climb, 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 same spot, push him back down. It was like he never got out of this exact like zone, you know? So personally, I don't want to see the exact same thing happen on SmackDown because I already saw it happen on NXT where it was like, dude, come on. Like you could go somewhere here. Um, and they just didn't. They just didn't. And so I kind of feel like, you know, obviously when he got – called up to the main roster, I thought, okay, great. You know what? I'm not going to be too bummed out about, you know, things not going a certain way First, Santos Escobar on NXT. But it's like, I don't want to see the same thing play out on SmackDown. I already saw it on NXT. But anyways, um, let's see what else we got here and see what people are saying. Uh, CJ20 says, I can see Escobar in the main event in two to three years, but that Hurricane and Ricochet flood over and land on his feet took a page from that uh, from that British wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> CJ20 making me laugh here. Um, all right, and let me get some more comments here and see what people are saying. M Durrett says, I think Santos Escobar is the star they have been looking for to capture that Latino audience. I agree. I agree. And it was funny too because when, and I think I've said this before on a on another podcast or maybe here, when WWE did the uh when they did the uh pre-WrestleMania party thing that they did at SoFi, you guys recall, and I got like a bunch of interviews. So that day. It was primarily um, they had like their Latino wrestlers there. They had uh, Dominic. They had uh, Zelina Vega. They made sure to have uh, Angel Garza and Umberto. So they were making sure. Obviously, they had, you know, non, non-Hispanics, non-Latinos too, but they made sure to have their uh, Latinos, Latino acts there. Why? I'll tell you why. Because they had a huge portion of international media and also Spanish media. There was a lot of Spanish media. In terms of wrestling media, I was like the only person. It was more of, there was a couple more, but there was not really that many. It was more international and more uh, uh, Hispanic market because that's what they're trying to do. For SoFi here at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, um, you know, obviously this is there's a huge Latino market here in LA and, uh, you know, they're going to, if they, obviously want to they want to fill those seats so they want to get a lot of those people to come and you know watch some wrestling I mean I don't know how many of you guys if any viewers here from Los Angeles I don't know if you guys noticed this but uh even some of the places where they're promoting Wrestlemania I will tell you because I've seen it uh Gabriel Iglesias at his comedy show in Dodger Stadium all Latinos guys all Latinos that thing was build the whole Dodger Stadium I was there and they had and obviously with with Gabriel Iglesias Fluffy who's you know was doing some promotional work too with WWE he has a primarily like Hispanic audience and uh you know they were making sure to promote Wrestlemania there at his con at his his concert his comedy special and then also on the way on your way to uh LAX while you're driving on the freeway, uh, take a look at there's a big, big uh, billboard for uh, Plaza Mexico. And it's just this big, big place, right? But the bill, the billboard's like a big billboard, but it says Plaza Mexico and always in the bottom, they change out. Obviously they show different billboards, but but they always show the WrestleMania one. And I know this because I've seen it all the time when I go to (laughs) every single time that I go to, um, to, to, the, to the airport, I always see it. So basically what I'm trying to get at here is yes, they need to build, they need to push Latinos because clearly that is something that they're trying to do for WrestleMania given the market here in Los Angeles. So that's just a thought. Um, Anyways, um, all right, moving on from this. Uh, next week for uh, SmackDown, we will be seeing, uh, so on Raw we're gonna be getting the Usos and Elias and Riddle in a tag team match. Whoever wins from that is going to go on to face Sheamus and Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. Uh, Shotzi and Shayna is going to be happening next week. And we're also going to be getting a Kurt Angle birthday celebration. And let me tell you, I could not be more happier. Uh, who, for those of you who do not know, Kurt Angle is literally like, God, he's, he's one of my favorites. Like one of my freaking favorites. Like up there, top Three, okay. Um, so I'm very excited anytime we get to see Kurt Angle in any sort of capacity. Um, then they also announced that December 16th. So not this Friday, but next Friday, uh, we are going to be getting that match between Ricochet and Gunther for the intercontinental championship. So that's where we're at on the SmackDown side of things. All right, guys, uh, let's go ahead and move on to rampage. And this one's going to be a really quick review with a couple of some hot takes here. I don't know if they're hot takes. We'll see. Um, but before I do get to that, uh, just to remind you everybody that I am here live three times a week. If I'm not here, I will let you guys know, but Tuesdays I'm here for NXT. Uh, Wednesdays I'm here for AEW dynamite. That's my most popular show of the week. And then Fridays I'm here to talk SmackDown and rampage. Uh, we are wrapping up this year. We are going into uh, WrestleMania season starts next month, guys with the Royal rumble. So things are going to be picking up once again. So you're going to want to make sure to take part in all of that. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. Also early next week, guys, I'm going to be making two announcements. And uh, well, one of them I will be making and another one will be made. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not a good liar. All right. So keep an eye out, everybody. Keep an eye out. I got two upcoming announcements very soon. Very, very, very soon. Um, So yeah. Very excited about that. Uriel Landeros sends in a super chat saying, Rampage was a bust, especially after how good Dynamite was. Can't wait for after the week. Thanks for the content on all your platforms, Denise. Uh, Thank you so much to Uriel Landeros. And yes, after the week, guys, is a show on my channel um, with myself and Will Washington. And basically every Sunday we go live and we talk about the three best things in wrestling and the one worst thing in wrestling. And that one's usually really fun too because – Obviously, different opinions and, you know, people are really enjoying the show, which makes me very happy. Uh, Thank you so much to Uriel for sending in the super chat as well. All right, guys. And oh, man, where do I begin? Uh, Uriel Londero saying Rampage was a bust. That's kind of my hot take for today. Um, oh, where do I begin? I, mm, okay, I did not like Rampage today. Like at all, like at all guys, when you, if you like, I'm looking at my notes, right. And obviously I have everything run down of what actually happened and things that occurred. If you were just to tell me right now, Denise, off the top of your head, what did you like from Rampage? It would just be like nothing. Nothing would be popping out of my head right now because I kind of just kind of felt bad guys. Like there was a point where I remember doing these shows and it was like, I would sit here and sit through a two hour SmackDown that nothing happened. And then I would be like, okay, good. We have a, you know, we would do primarily a Rampage review because there was a lot happening on the show and i miss those days i miss those days i don't feel like we're getting those right now um today i didn't think there was anything that was really noteworthy in terms of i didn't really have to stay an extra hour to watch rampage i could have probably skipped it and just read the results somewhere or just scrolled down my twitter feed or something and this was this is very unfortunate because i want i want to be interested in rampage but unfortunately when there are stuff that I'm not interested happening on the show, it just feels very, very throwaway. It feels almost like, um, now I've sat through episodes of dark and dark elevation and there's, there have been some rough ones. Okay. There have been some rough ones live and today's rampage to me kind of felt a little bit like a darker, dark elevation in some aspects. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and break it down. And don't get me wrong, there were some segments and also some announcements that I really, really enjoyed and I was very happy about. But the matches, there was not anything here that I can say, man, I really liked this. We're going to kick it off with Darby and Cole Carter. So, first of all, sling sucks because Sling is the app that I use. And if you've been on my post shows before, you've heard me talk crap about Sling. But before Sling's terrible, they were like, you're live. You're watching the live feed. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm watching Star Wars. Where is Rampage? Well, I have to refresh, apparently. And so I missed the beginning portion of Darby and Cole Carter. But by the time I went in, which was 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds after the match had started, um, Cole Carter was the one basically getting the best of Darby Allen. Now, this was a little bit rough for me because I just, throughout this match, I couldn't buy it, you know? I just couldn't buy it. I couldn't buy Cole Carter on offense here for Darby Allen. I couldn't buy it. And so I really struggled to get into this match where it was kind of where I was just sitting there and I was just thinking, all right, when's Darby going to hit the coffin drop? When's Darby going to win this match? All right, hits the coffin drop, wins this match. I just couldn't buy Cole Carter and Darby here. And that's the thing though. Like I feel, man, I don't know how to say this. I just want to see matches to me that kind of means something a little bit more. And I I feel bad too, because I want, obviously you want to see, you know, young guys like Cole Carter get these opportunities too. And that's great. You want to see that, but I just didn't really feel like my interest was really there for it. So unfortunately I was out on this one Um, and it kind of set the tone a little bit for how I felt for the rest of the night. Um, We got Keith Lee and Shane Taylor backstage. Uh, So there was a lot too, in terms of building to, and I say building because that's just the word to use, but they're uh, setting up for final battle, which is happening on December 10th. And there's only been a couple of matches announced so far. So today we got a couple more matches that were announced. Some really good ones too, honestly. Um, So... Keith Lee is backstage and he's about to be doing an interview with Renee, but instead Shane Taylor comes out and obviously they used to team before in the past. And so he basically tells Keith Lee, like, what the hell's up with you? And, you know, leaving people. And so he definitely still has some beef with Keith Lee. So instead they decide that they're going to do a uh, Shane, uh, Shane Taylor and JD Griffey versus Keefley and sort of Strickland at ring of honors final battle on December 10th. So this was really just to make that match happen. So that should be pretty good. And that should be fine. Happy to see Shane Taylor get this opportunity to appear on AEW. Uh, anytime you get to see anybody, you know, get to appear on AEW, it's pretty cool because it's like, you know, another step for them in their career and whatnot. And I think Shane Taylor was a little bit um, unexpected as well too. Um, the acclaimed and Renee. So they go out there. Um, The Acclaimed is basically talking about how, first of all, rewind. Max Castor had some really great lines today on his uh, rap. He says that he's going to, uh, he threw a shot at Balenciaga for their uh, campaign because they've been in the news lately. I don't know how many of you have seen this, but they were basically promoting, uh, they were promoting, they were, so they had these like little bears with like, dominatrix clothes with children holding up the it was really weird I don't even know what was happening all I know is that they had kids in there and they had like dominatrix stuff in there and so the ads were really like not not tasteful whatsoever especially with children so it got really really weird and then like kim kardashian was speaking out and just like everybody was speaking out about this uh so they had to obviously apologize for that So that was something that he mentioned there too um there was a funny line when he says we stay winning like americans in world cup i was like "Ooh, you know that's gonna hurt some people so that was some good lines there but they basically come out and they say you know what we're going we're gonna to fight the best. We're going to be the best. We are the best tag team, et cetera. The guns come out. They say the exact same thing. They say they're the best in the world. Then Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, Lethal, Satnam Singh, they all come out. Then FTR comes out, and this basically leads to FTR and the Acclaimed shaking hands and basically settling that there's going to be a match between them. It is later on announced that that match between FTR and the Acclaimed is going to be happening next week. So I'm glad that we're getting that match. Uh, FTR versus the acclaimed. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but this was just really a lot was happening to kind of get to this, to get to this match. It was like, we had a bunch of like, this person's coming out, this person's coming out, and this is all leading to this match. I think they could have simplified it a little bit more just so that we can make FTR and the acclaimed without all of this extra stuff. So there was just a lot happening here. It was an appetizer platter. Um, finally, we get Lisa and Jarrett versus Private Party. And um, this was really a nothing match, guys. Like nothing, n- nothing. Oh my God, <laughs> and you guys know this, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a fan of all these guys. I'm a fan of Lethal, I'm a fan of Jarrett, I'm a fan of Private Party, but this was really just some some very quick stuff. Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett get the win, but the match itself, there wasn't anything to actually even speak on, which is unfortunate, really, honestly. I feel really bad about that. But thankfully, everybody here is putting over the acclaimed versus FTR because they know it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Plus, you want to see the acclaimed have these, you know, hard-hitting battles, especially as tag team champions. Because, you know, they got very over with their, with their personalities. Now, I kind of want to see them get over, but with the in-ring side of it, you know. And obviously, they're good. So you're going to want to see that. You know, we've seen that already with Swerve and our glory and what they did with them. That was great. But now I want to see them do, you know, different stuff with teams like FTR, who is considered, you know, one of the top teams, period. All right, um, we got another backstage interview with Soraya and Renee, but this one, um, they've done a couple of interviews now. Uh, I like these because Soraya seems very, very, very comfortable with Renee and she uh, tends to open up a lot, which is nice. Uh, so I do like how they always do kind of like the best friend thing with Soraya and Renee. And this was really her just talking about, you know, this was her first interview following, uh, her first match back in pro wrestling. So she's talking about, you know, her brother being in the crowd and just like how much this meant to her and to her family. And then she talks about the, uh, the women's division and how they did so well at full gear. And so that was pretty much the gist of Soraya and Renee. And we know, I think it was announced for next week. We're going to be getting Jamie Hader and Tony Schiavone uh, doing their sit down interviews. And that was announced that was made on dynamite. Um, We got Athena versus Danny Mo. And this one to me was the one that felt very, very like dark, dark elevation because um, when I've, you know, when I was watching the tapings for Dark Dark, Dark, and Dark Elevation, it was very, very predictable. Like, you knew exactly what was going to happen. You knew what kind of matches you were going to be getting. And this, to me, could have easily been on either show, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Um, Athena gets the win here, but this was pretty much just her squashing Danny Moe, and that was it. So it just kind of feels you know, a little bit redundant. So Athena obviously was showing uh, a lot more of that heel work, that heel character, which was great. But I didn't really get anything much from this match. And also, um, I do like Danny Mo too. I've gotten to call her matches at Mission Pro. So I have definitely have seen her, uh, you know, go. Um But again, there wasn't really anything to really grab a hold of in this match between Athena and Danny Moe, aside from just, you know, Athena's uh, character and whatnot. But there wasn't much else for me on this one, guys. Man, and I feel bad, too, because it's like, oof, you know? Uh yeah there wasn't one match here tonight that really won me over um let's get into juice robinson juice robinson this is good this is good all right we got some good stuff here we got some good stuff all right uh juice robinson uh issues a challenge to your ring of honor tv champion samoa joe for final battle and uh looks like it's gonna be happening juice robinson samoa joe final battle thumbs up good stuff okay Thank you. Uh, we last saw Juice Robinson on Dynamite against John Moxley. That was an okay match. I thought it was okay. It was okay. Um, they also announced uh, Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen taking place next week on dynamite now that match I'm really freaking excited for and that's going to be for the TNT championship and that was the thing that I was most happy about today on dynam on rampage when they announced this match because I'm really looking forward to Samoa Joe and Darby Allen that one's going to be good all right main event time Orange Cassidy QT Marshall this was a lumberjack match uh this was funny too because you really had a You had uh, Best Friends and Dan Housen, and they were all dressed like scary hipsters coming out with axes and stuff. So it was really cute to see. I don't know if cute's the right word, but it was really funny to kind of see just like the oddball interactions and whatnot. So that was fun. Um, This is pretty much what you expect from a Lumberjack match, guys. Just a, a hot mess. A hot mess. Uh, Orange Cassidy gets the win. He hits the beach break. And then following this, we see the House of Black come out. The House of Black comes out um, after the the lights are dimmed low. They come out and attack everybody and everything, which is what they had done when they returned to AEW um, on Dynamite. So they're continuing that. So they're basically just running havoc across the roster. They don't care who you are, what your story is. They're coming after you. So I did like that we ended on a a pretty good note with the House of Black just coming out there and running Rampage on everybody. So that was a good note to end on uh, for Rampage today. But that was it, guys. Man, man, that was it. M caspito says lumberjacks denise not scary hipsters oh they dan housen looked like a hairy, scare, hairy scary hipster go back and look at that picture he looked like a scary hipster it's exactly what they look like <laughs> um yeah guys man uh let's see what people are saying uh send in your thoughts on rampage on pull some um, pull some up here Uh, Keep Duran says, Athena is awesome. This needed to be progressed to Rampage. Um, Hari says, poor private party. They are always getting buried. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that from them like early on in their uh, early on for AW. Like they seemed like they were going to be, uh, you know, a top, a top team. Um, I wouldn't say they're a top team right now. They're an entertaining team, but they're not a top team right now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at with all of that. And, uh, that's it guys. That was rampage. That was WWE SmackDown. Uh, I hope you guys had a good time enjoying um, Friday night here with me, uh, I have a good time on these shows all the time. Cause I love, I just love chatting wrestling. So anytime you guys come in here, every time you guys come in here, I'm like, Oh my God, thank God. Cause I thought I was going to be lonely. Like I always freak out. Cause I'm like, who's like, what are you guys doing on a Friday night? Like what is happening out there? Um, so I'm very thankful to each and every single one of you guys that tune in to each and every single show. You have no idea how much that means to me. Uh, please at any point, a uh, tweet about the show, a uh, tag me. I do look at all of that stuff. I'm constantly on social media social media. Um, I have a very disgusting addiction to social media. Uh, So please uh, spread the word about the show. It really helps me out a whole lot. On top of that, uh, F4W online is almost at 100k here on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed yet, I'm pretty sure most of you guys are, but if you're that one person who hasn't yet, make sure you do so. And then also YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Today I uploaded a new episode of Promo Wars, a really fun one. It's the final one for this Christmas, uh, for this holiday season. It's the Christmas edition. Uh, please go check that one out and leave a comment because uh, basically our sponsors for that for that series They'll keep coming back as long as we keep getting views and as long as people keep coming in to tune into the show. So uh, I make money only if people actually enjoy these shows. So if the sponsor stays happy, they'll keep coming back. So make sure you guys go check out that video. On top of that, uh, I also have a brand new interview with Joe Hendry of impact wrestling that is also up on my channel. And then tomorrow tomorrow um, I'm thinking about dropping maybe one or two interviews. And for those of you who are Bellator fans, MMA fans, I do got some um, fun interviews coming up and I'm probably going to drop those tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. I'm still trying to figure out the schedule, but other than that, um, guys have an awesome weekend and I will see you next week here on fRW online for Tuesday's NXT review. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.